Well, good morning and welcome to Your DIY Health Radio here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on free conference call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Tuesday, January 20 or 16th, excuse me, January 16th, 2024. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. And with that in mind, we invite you to visit the website, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the terahertz frequency devices, which are featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there are two different companies now you can choose from. My favorite and the new kid on the block is the Oli Life company. They have two products right now, the uh, Cell Essentials Wand and the P90, which is a foot device. You plug it in, put your feet on it, select the power level from 1 to 10, and in 30 minutes, you have got yourself a session. And basically, it radiates uh, pulsed electromagnetic therapy as well as terahertz frequencies up through your body from the bottom of your feet all the way to the top of your head. And it is absolutely amazing what it does. And uh, I've had fantastic results with this thing. And the best part is they are really, really well made and they are very reasonably priced compared to the competition, which at this point, the only competition there is, is iTerra. And they're still great products, but they have been plagued with uh, quality control issues for the lower priced items. And the higher priced items are way overpriced, in my opinion. And I have everything that iTerra makes, and uh, they're all boxed up in my basement right now because the P90 works so much better. Alrighty, so anyway... Uh, check out the website. There's information there for ordering and for, uh, you know, just uh, basic information about the devices. So check those out. And I will say, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the uh, iTeraCare products don't work. They're great products. They do a great job. It's just that the Holy Life products take it to a whole new level as far as I'm concerned, uh, in my experience. And where a lot of the people out there are bad-mouthing Holy Life, you know, most of them are high-level iTerra distributors who have never used one of the Oli Life products. I had heard a lot of things, both good and bad, and I couldn't get a straight answer from anybody, so I decided to just buy my own and try it myself so I could tell people what my experience had been. And my experience is they are extremely well-made, they're well-priced, and they work better than anything else I've ever used. So that should give you, again, that's just my opinion based on my experience of actually using these things not just uh, bad mouthing them to keep my business afloat so there you go but anyway um check it out if you, if you have any questions hit the contact me button and while, while you're on the main website be sure and hit the radio shows tab at the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm and right below it is the rumble button We've been on Rumble since uh, beginning of uh, October of last year, and every show we've done since then is up there and ready for uh, sharing and listening and viewing and all that good stuff. We encourage you to hit the button, go to the site, or go to the page, um, like or follow the page, and like the videos, 
And that way, more and more people will get uh, the information kicked out to them by the algorithms. And uh, more folks can learn how to restore the health naturally instead of relying on dangerous drugs, surgery, uh, lethal injections, known as vaccines, and allopathic medical treatments in general, which really never do anything except keep you on the hook forever with the uh, medical deities. So you can they can basically use you as a... Uh, ATM, make a withdrawal anytime they need it. So anyway, check all that stuff out. Like I said, if you have any questions, hit the contact me button. Uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the uh, Spreaker Radio Network, Free Conference Call, um, Rumble, any of the other platforms we're on, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only. So that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, um, let's see here. I'm just going to get this stuff out of the way here. And one of the things I thought... Um, I would talk about today because we haven't covered this in a while um, and it is a major issue of sorts because it's one of the gateways that um, allopathic medicine uses to get their hooks into you and that would be cholesterol now um, many 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 probably the two primary drugs that are used by allopaths to get their hooks into you are proton pump inhibitors, which are used for gastric reflux and, uh, you know, stomach issues and, you know, indigestion and that kind of stuff. And uh, they're bad because they stop your stomach acid production, which keeps you from being able to digest nutrients, especially minerals, which are two thirds of the daily requirement. And that's how my doctor tried to get me hooked. But luckily, I learned about Dr. Wallach and um, his protocols and was able to escape that um, <laughs> uh, imprisonment. Thank goodness it took a number of years, but I was able to do it before it caused me way too much trouble. And I would like, I honestly believe that it had not been for Dr. Wallach and finding out about him and his protocols and getting started on them, what would be 12 years ago now in April, um, I don't believe I'd be alive today. And if I was, I'd probably be in much, 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 much worse shape. Probably would have had a bunch of surgeries, uh, total knee replacements and other things, and just would not be faring well at all. But as it is, I have, uh, you know, I'm 66 years old, going on 67. I don't take any medications whatsoever. My stomach is flat. <laughs> when my shirt is off or tucked in, I can see my belt buckle. How many 67-year-olds can say that? They don't have Dunlap's disease where their belly hangs over their belt. Um and uh, that has improved greatly in the last uh, couple of months as I have switched over to the carnivore diet. And boy, I'll tell you what a change that made. But anyway, um, thank goodness I escaped the uh, proton pump inhibitor snare. 
But the other one is cholesterol. And that one is a toughie. It's it's because people just don't know any better, including the doctors, <laughs> which is really sad. But one of the biggest medical myths of all time is the supposed link between cholesterol and heart health. The fact is there has never been a single reputable study done that proves that there is any link whatsoever between cholesterol levels and heart disease. But if you go to your local MD, oh, they'll tell you that's not true. You've got all kinds of problems. Further, cholesterol-lowering statin drugs do nothing to improve heart health and, in fact, can actually result in type 2 diabetes, which causes heart problems. That's right. It's a proven fact. If you take uh, cholesterol drugs within uh, two to five years, you will be a type 2 diabetic. Taking statin drugs on a regular basis will also almost certainly set you up for Alzheimer's disease or any of the other dementia-type diseases because the insulation of your brain and nervous system is made of cholesterol. Imagine that. Your brain is 75% by weight cholesterol. So when someone calls you a fathead, that's actually a compliment. (laughs) The insulation, yeah, is cholesterol. If you reduce cholesterol via statin drugs, it's just a matter of time before you begin to have problems. And um, one of the things I want to do here is I'm going to play a video by Dr. Peter Glidden, good friend of mine, um, naturopathic physician with over, I think, 33 years of clinical experience now. And he is going to spell out what we call cholesterol myth-busting. He's going to tell you the truth, and uh, I think you will find it very, very interesting, to say the least, especially when you compare it with what your idiot MD is telling you. So without any further ado, here is Dr. Peter Glidden and cholesterol myth-busting. Good evening, everybody. Welcome aboard. Dr. Peter Glidden, your steadfast advocate for health. Tonight's webinar is Cholesterol Myth-Busting, Rolling Back the Curtains Once and for All, Helping Dr. Glidden Advocates and Their Guests to Understand What's Going On Here with the Oft-Extremely Misunderstood Notion of cholesterol. Is it good? Is it bad? What's the real story here outside of the pharmaceutical spin? I am your steadfast advocate for health, Dr. Peter Glidden. For those of you new to me, I am a licensed naturopathic physician. I have 27 years of clinical experience helping people to recover their health with science-based, clinically verified, clinically verified, holistic Therapeutics, what we emphasize in these health education webinars uh, is medical nutrition. Let's give a look to see who is with us tonight. Mary uh, Gilbreth is with us. Jesus, it's always good to see Jesus here. Christophe Millicent, uh-huh. Enchanté, Christophe, comment ça va? 
Sarah Bill Tomiko from Texas, Decca Roger. Um, if a Chuwudi Ubaka. And I hope I didn't bastardize that too much. If a Chuwudi Ubaka. Michael from Kansas. 30, 43 people with us from all around the world. I would um, encourage people that when they log in in the future, type in your name. Because if you don't type in your name, I, I can only see the uh, IP address of your computer. And uh, that's a little off-putting. But we have James here from the United States. A lot of people from the U.S. Uh, one person from, I believe, that is uh, Norway. Uh, one person from Sweden. A couple people from Canada. Or maybe that's Switzerland. I think it's Sweden. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Dr. Peter Glidden here. Uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's presentation, understanding cholesterol, attempting to have a sophisticated, unbiased understanding of a question that's become very complicated and for reasons which have everything to do with money and pharmaceutical spin, intellectual cowardice, and not much else. Let's jump right into the deep end of the pool and see what's what. Now, to set the stage here and to put everything in perspective, because perspective is very important when we are attempting to understand seemingly complicated issues, your medical doctor may be the nicest person that God ever created, but your medical doctor does not know what's best for you. Your medical doctor only knows what they've been trained in. And what MDs have been trained in is one piece of the pie of medical science. It's referred to as allopathic reductionistic medicine. In the overall scheme of things, as far as medicine is concerned, we have many different types of medicine. My type of medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, osteopathic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, which I've outlined here, but lots more, Ayurvedic medicine, acupuncture, herbalism. There are many different types of medicine, but we have become socialized over the last 100 years of pharmaceutical monopolization of the medical marketplace that the only people that practice medicine are the MDs and everybody else practices some substandard alternative medicine. This, of course, is nonsense. <clears throat> saying what I do is alternative is like saying that the only real dog is a German Shepherd and every other dog is an alternative dog. The only real oil company is BP. All other companies, oil companies, are alternative companies. You wouldn't accept that ridiculous intellectual notion, but interestingly, this is what most people in the world have been led to believe, that MDs own the domain of medicine and everybody else practices some substandard alternative. Nothing could be further from the truth. Again, by way of perspective, it's important to understand where people are coming from, right? If you're having a political argument with a Republican, it would be in the United States <clears throat> or a conservative in the UK. It would be important for you to understand that they are conservative or Republicans because you have a perspective on which to bring to bear your arguments. We need perspective 
on everything. Well, interestingly enough, the philosophy of medicine that your MD is trained in, allopathic reductionism, argues that the human body is a machine made of parts. There is no inherent soul. There is no spiritual force. God does not exist. Consciousness itself is a function of biochemistry. The body does not have an inherent ability to fix itself. If it did, it would never have gotten sick in the first place. This is the argument. And each, it's the medical doctor's job <clears throat> not to cure the condition, but to manage your symptoms with drugs and surgery. Because, according to their philosophical understanding of how the body works, uh, the body doesn't have the ability to heal itself. The body is a machine made of parts, and so when you're sick, you get one medicine for the arthritis, one medicine for the heartburn, one medicine for the blood pressure, one medicine for the insomnia, etc., etc., etc. And interestingly, the medicines that you're given are not intended to cure the problem. Your medical doctor may be the nicest person God ever created, but they are not trained in how to cure heartburn. They can manage it with a little purple pill, if they can't cure heartburn, how effective do you think they're going to be at curing cancer? Or, in this case, atherosclerosis or coronary heart disease? Well, the simple answer is not very much. Interestingly enough, your medical doctor in the United States is the leading cause of death. And their therapeutics are also the leading cause of bankruptcy Holistic physicians argue that this is so because the most expensive type of medicine is the one that does not work. This is the philosophy inside of which your medical doctor is trained. Contrary to this, every other physician in the world, every other physician in the world except the MDs are trained in the holistic method. Now, I'm a naturopathic doctor. The initials after my name are ND. But chiropractors, homeopaths, herbalists, osteopaths, everybody, well, not the osteopaths. They used to be holistic, but they're not anymore. Every other medical system in the world is, espouses the holistic method. And holistic philosophy argues the, the body is a complex system of interrelated parts that you have to treat everything. You can't just treat a piece of the body. You have to treat everything because everything is, in fact, connected the body is inhabited by a soul, which brings intelligence to play. The body is smart. The body is so smart, it knew how to grow itself all by itself from a tiny single cell into you. And therefore, if the body was smart enough to know how to fix itself, or to know how to grow itself, the holistic physicians argue, son of a gun, it's probably smart enough to know how to fix itself. And whereas the medical doctors deliver one medicine to each piece of the body that's in trouble. Holistic physicians deliver a systemic treatment, the intention of which is to, in point of fact, support the body's ability to cure the condition. And this is the fundamental naturopathic maxim. Give the body the nutrients that it needs to manage its affairs. Stop putting food into the body which is harming the body and help the body to clean itself out, detoxify itself. If you do these three things, nutrify, <clears throat> eliminate foods that are deleterious, and detoxify the system on a regular basis, then you will go a long way towards supporting and promoting your body's ability to optimize its structure and function. You don't get 
clogged arteries because you have arteries. You don't get high blood pressure because you have a heart, and you don't get arthritis because you have a joint. Holistic physicians argue that these things happen because the body has run out of the nutrients necessary to maintain structural integrity and because you are unwittingly eating food on a regular basis, which is gumming up the works. Probably not a good idea to take advice about what food is healthy from medical doctors who've had no training in medical nutrition. Sadly, that's what we do. It's also probably not a good idea to take advice about which food to eat from the people who make and profit from the sale of the food. Regretfully, that's exactly what we've done here all around the world, not just in the United States, for the last 100 years. And myself and my colleagues argue this is why we suffer. We are suffering needlessly here because the medical philosophy that the MD is trained in is insufficient to the cause. They are the wrong dog for the hunt if you are attempting to cure your health condition. The MDs are the right job for the hunt if you have a bullet in your arm, if you have a broken bone, if you, in point of fact, do need surgery. That is the wheelhouse of reductionistic allopathic medicine, trauma care and surgery when it's necessary. The body has a built-in God-given ability to fix itself. The body is inhabited by a dynamic spiritual force which is intelligent, and it is the presence of this spiritual force inside of the body which is managing all of the millions of automatic biochemical reactions that are happening in your body every second of every day. Now, <clears throat> it's meat and potatoes time. We're going to talk about cholesterol here now in the context of a short exposition such as I have the honor and pleasure of delivering this evening. I do not have time to go into detailed depth analysis. I'm going to give you the bullet points of what the research shows. I strongly encourage you because this is such an intellectual hot potato. Because everybody all around the world has been brainwashed by the MDs and the pharmaceutical industry that cholesterol is the Antichrist. There is so much cognitive dissonance which exists over this issue in order to solidify what I and my colleagues are talking about, in order to wrap your head around the truth of the matter and pop out of the matrix of Machiavellian mediocre MD-directed madness it would be prudent for you too. prudent for you too. educate yourself. And I've got two books here which are sufficient to that cause, The Great Cholesterol Myth by Johnny Bowden, Ph.D., and Stephen Sinatra, M.D. In addition to that, The Cholesterol Myths, Exploring the Fallacy that Saturated Fat and Cholesterol Cause Heart Disease by Ufi Ravenskov. Actually, this latter of the two books you can get for free. You can download it for free. Imagine that as an ebook at smashwords.com. Smashwords.com. Most of the information that I'm presenting in tonight's webinar has been gleaned from these two books. I'm only able, because of the time allotment here, to give you the bullet points. 
If you want to become a student of this subject and really ground yourself in the science, then getting these books and reading them is mandatory. So let's see what we can see. Now, <clears throat> interestingly enough, contrary to popular belief, cholesterol is necessary for the optimal health of the human body. Cholesterol is so important to the human body that your body makes it. Your liver actually makes cholesterol. If you don't eat enough fat, if your body starts to become deficient in cholesterol because it needs it for so many things, it'll start to make it. Now, from a nitpicky scientific metabolic point of view, cholesterol is referred to as a fat, but in point of fat, biochemically it is best described as an alcohol. Interesting. But it doesn't act like an alcohol because alcohols dissolve in water. Cholesterol does not. And this is one of the reasons that cholesterol is so beneficial and useful to the human body because the millions of cells in the human body use cholesterol, the millions of cells in the human body use cholesterol to become waterproof. Interestingly enough, in order for electrical signals to propagate, waterproofing the electrical channel is necessary and mandatory, so the brain and the central nervous system stockpile cholesterol over 75% of your central nervous system, your brain and your nerves, are made, is made, from cholesterol. Fascinating. Interestingly enough, all of the steroid hormones in your body, sex hormones and stress hormones, are made from cholesterol. Imagine that. So, if with statin drugs and fat-free diets, you drive cholesterol into the ditch... What would you expect would be a side effect of that treatment? Alzheimer's disease, cognitive difficulties because your brain dries up, and also erectile dysfunction in men and menopausal symptoms which last for years instead of months. These three things are all on the rise while we have been unwittingly taking statin drugs like candy under the bad advice of medical doctors who simply, quite simply, are not paying attention to the published literature. By the way, the information I'm presenting tonight is academic. It's not arguable. It's academic. And again, I encourage you to ground yourself in the science by getting your hands on those two books and reading them cover to cover. The point I'm trying to make here is that cholesterol is not the Antichrist, that cholesterol is not just a little important, but it is exceedingly important for your body to function the way that nature and God intended it. Now, of course, any, any discussion of cholesterol would not be complete if we did not elucidate nor talk about LDL and HDL. Everybody talks about LDL and HDL as if they know what it is, but very few people do. Now remember, <clears throat> cholesterol is fat-soluble. It's not water-soluble. 
Because of this, in order for cholesterol to be transported through the blood, which is water, it needs to be carried through the blood. It can't just float through the blood. It needs to be carried through the blood. And lipoproteins carry cholesterol through the blood. There are two main classifications of lipoproteins, LDL and HDL. And these lipoproteins are like submarines. It's a good metaphor. It's like a submarine in your blood that's carrying cholesterol. The crew is the cholesterol. Cholesterol is inside the sub. The sub is carrying cholesterol to wherever the body wants it to be, delivered. So in this metaphor, the lipoproteins, <clears throat> low-density lipoprotein for LDL, high-density lipoprotein for HDL are the vehicles which transport cholesterol through the body. LDL, which is by far the most abundant lipoprotein in the body, as 60 to 80% of all lipoproteins in the body are LDL, they carry cholesterol from the liver where it's made to wherever the body needs it. HDL carries cholesterol from where it's being used back to the liver, and that consists of about 20 to 40 percent of the lipoproteins in the body. Now, this begs the question, well, if LDL is carrying cholesterol from the liver to the tissues that need it, and HDL is carrying cholesterol from the tissues back to the liver, why is it considered good or why is it considered bad? Where did that start? And the simple answer is, it's a misnomer based on fuzzy science. Again, it's reality by consensus. When 100 medical doctors get together and say that LDL is bad cholesterol, and HDL is good cholesterol, everybody starts to believe it, and then it becomes ensconced into the collective consciousness of humanity, similar to the flat earth, similar to the justification for slavery and childhood labor and the fact that women aren't smart enough to vote, right? Collective unreality myths that have grabbed hold because a handful of people believed it was true and then it became reality by consensus. In point of fact, there is no such thing as good cholesterol. There is no such thing as bad cholesterol. These are scientific misnomers which have caught on. Why? Because most medical doctors simply do not read the literature. Now, <clears throat> Cholesterol, interestingly enough, is unrelated. It is unrelated to clogging of the arteries, a.k.a. atherosclerosis. It is unrelated to atherosclerosis. Interestingly enough, just as many people with low cholesterol get heart disease, clogged arteries, as people with high cholesterol do. So, if people with low cholesterol get clogged arteries and people with high cholesterol get clogged arteries, how can cholesterol be associated with clogged arteries? It's not. The level of cholesterol in your body has nothing at all to do with the metabolic process that leads to your arteries getting clogged. Now, here are 50 published medical citations 
50 articles published in medical journals which support what I just said. Just as many people with low cholesterol got heart disease as those with high cholesterol, and cholesterol is unrelated to atherosclerosis. If anybody tells you that this is a whimsical notion brought to the scientific table by a crazy granola-eating naturopath, well, just laugh and walk away. I mean, you're welcome to your own opinion, but you most certainly are not welcome to your own set of facts. The facts are in, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, the literature is clear on this. There is no relationship between cholesterol levels and hardening of the arteries. Here's an interesting study, 1994. Researchers use acronyms, right? They come up with creative acronyms for the name of their research project. The Antihypertensive and Lipid Lowering Treatment, the ALHAT study, in 1994, it was designed to come up with a treatment to prevent heart attacks. They looked at 10,000 people with H high HDL, 10,000 people with high HDL. They divided them into two groups, a statin drug group. They got a drug, a statin drug called Pravacol, which is a cholesterol-lowering drug, and the other group, diet. They just changed their diet and exercised. <clears throat> the results... 10,000 participants, survey says, the statin drug did not reduce, did not reduce, did not reduce death rate from heart attacks or death rates from any other cause. Just as many people died in the statin drug group as in the diet group. The statin drug was ineffective, completely ineffective at modifying heart disease. Another study Ascot, LLA, this had nothing to do with neckties. The Anglo-Scandinavian Cardiac Outcomes Trial Lipid Lowering Arm. <laughs> I wonder what they were drinking when they came up with that name. Again, 10,000 patients, that must be the magic number. They looked at 10,000 patients with hypertension and who were at cardiac risk according to their lipid level profiles. They divided those people into two groups, a placebo group and Lipitor. Everybody's favorite, Lipitor. Everybody's favorite cholesterol-lowering statin drug, Lipitor. After one year, the Lipitor group benefited, and these were the results that the medical doctors who wrote this journal article trumpeted all around planet Earth. Lipitor is better. The, the results are clear. Hands down, the results are clear. Well, not so much. Because after three years, there was absolutely no statistical difference in the number of deaths between the two groups. But this part of the data was left out of the public relations campaign. Interestingly enough, all 14 authors of the study, all of them MDs, were financially tied, heavily financially tied, to drug companies that make statin drugs. Now, if a chiropractor were to do this, if a naturopath, if an herbalist, if anybody else in medicine were to do this type of bad science, they would be thrown in jail. But when the medical doctors do it, not only do we not recognize it culturally, but we give them a pass. And their colleagues 
who did not read the research all the way through also give them a pass. Now, the last time I looked, we hoisted MDs up onto the altar of <clears throat> being a demigod, giving them all of the social cachet associated with the uh, acronym of being an MD. And we expect that they are the gatekeepers of science because it's too complicated for us to understand. But I'm here to tell you that the medical doctors don't read the research. If they did, they never would have promoted the use of statin drugs. Again, these are academic facts. You can argue all day long that 2 plus 2 equals 5, but if you do, you will be wrong. And if I was involved in a bank robbery and I'm sitting in the car, I'm the driver, all I do is drive the car and my buddies are in the bank and they're shooting up people and robbing the bank, I get charged with manslaughter and robbery the same way they do, even though I never touched a gun. It should be the same way with medical doctors who tell us that statin drugs are really great <clears throat> when they haven't read the research. But because they monopolize the medical marketplace, there are no consequences whatsoever. It's good to be the king. Now, interestingly enough, remember, we're objective here. We're not just bashing pharmaceuticals. Remember, it's not the drug, it's how it's used. Thank God for Novocaine. Thank God for some antibiotics. Thank God for some pain medications. It's not the gun, it's how it's used. It's not the drug, it's how it's used. <clears throat> there were three trials which when looked at from a broad perspective, showed that there were 41, 24, or 28% reductions in negative outcomes associated with heart disease. Negative outcomes associated with heart disease. Now, on the surface, this seems like a big deal. But when you actually drill it down and look at the numbers, it's quite a different story. When you look at the number of people who actually died from a heart attack during these studies, in the 4S study, the group that had no statins, they had a 91.5% chance of not dying from the second heart attack they got if they weren't taking a statin drug. If they were taking a statin drug, they had a 95% chance of not dying, which means the statin drugs only inferred a 3.5% increased chance of not dying. Hardly statistically significant. The CARE research project looked at 90 patients. Um, well, when you look at the number of people who died <clears throat> from a heart attack in the CARE research project, in order to save one person's life, you would have needed to treat 90 people with the statin drug. Again, not that good a return on your investment if what you are investing in is actually saving people's lives. If you're investing in selling statin drugs, it's a good deal. The Woskop study, <clears throat> the people who did not take a statin drug, they had a heart attack and they had a 98.2 chance of living. 
people with the statin drug a 98.8 chance. So there was only a 0.6% increased chance of surviving your next heart attack if you swallowed a statin drug. But when you hear the information that's pitched to the American public, it paints quite a different picture. And again, this type of scientific misdirection can only exist inside of a monopoly, which is propped up and supported by medical doctors who are too cowardly to step up and say something or too lazy to read and understand the literature in the first place. Interestingly enough, the problems associated with statin drugs are underreported. The problems associated with statin drugs are underreported, not surprising. Low cholesterol actually has been documented to be associated with an increased chance of death. The lower your cholesterol, the sooner you die. The lower your cholesterol, the sooner you die. Published. Cancer is associated with low levels of LDL. Cancer is also associated with statin drug use. There's a high percentage of birth defect risk in women who take statin drugs, get pregnant, and continue to take statin drugs. Peripheral neuropathy, short temper and aggressive behavior, kidney failure, death from kidney failure, and Dementia are all known side effects of statin drugs. And remember, in medicine, it's a cost-benefit ratio, right? What's the treatment going to cost us physiologically, and what are we going to benefit from it? Well, when you look at a cost-benefit relationship with statin drugs, the costs far outweigh the benefits of the drugs. And here is my favorite. This is a graph of Alzheimer's incidence from 1800 to 2000. Uh, 1800 is way over here. Here. 1800 is way down here. Uh, let me look on the graph for you. 1980 is, oops, it's way over. See where the red arrow starts to go up? That's right around 1980. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> the same time frame inside of which statin drugs were introduced into the marketplace. We believe, a handful of my colleagues and I believe, that Alzheimer's, the rise in Alzheimer's, R- Alzheimer's has risen from obscurity, as you can see on the lower graph there. It's risen from obscurity to become the sixth leading cause of death, and it all happened in the 1980s. It all happened in the 80s. And then escalated from there. Well, what else happened in the 80s? Statin drugs were introduced to the marketplace. Not just a little bit. For five or six years, more or less, statin drugs were the largest selling drugs in the world. 25, 20 to 25 billion dollars. Billion dollars a year in statin drug sales. Everybody and their brothers taking statin drugs. Which, as far as we're concerned, drives Alzheimer's drives erectile dysfunction, and drives menopausal symptoms. But these causal relationships are not being investigated by conventional medical doctors because, remember, 
Your medical doctor is not trained in medicine. They're trained in allopathic reductionistic medicine. And all things being equal, medical doctors are amongst the most cowardly intellectual people I have ever met in my life. Let's do a review and then get to the good stuff. Cholesterol is necessary for health. There's no such thing as good or bad cholesterol. People with low blood cholesterol get just as many heart attacks as people with high blood cholesterol. There's no evidence to suggest that heart disease is related to cholesterol levels whatsoever. Statin drugs do help in the prevention of heart disease, but not because of the lowering of cholesterol. And statin drug side effects outweigh their benefits. Interestingly enough, the higher the cholesterol, the longer the life. Again, I urge you to get these two books and read them because you need more information. You need the nuts and bolts of this stuff, right? I'm just giving you the bullet points. You need to read this through a couple of times in order for it to sink down into your corpus callosum. The Great Cholesterol Myth and Ufi Ravenskov's book. Let me see if I can fix that. Hold on. Let's see if it'll work this time. Nope, it didn't work that time. Nonetheless, <clears throat> let me see. I need to fix this here. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Bear with me. Thank you for your um, patience. Let's see if it works this time. So let's review. Cholesterol is necessary for health. There's no such thing as good or bad cholesterol. People with low blood cholesterol get just as much heart disease as people with high blood cholesterol. There's no evidence to suggest that heart disease is related to cholesterol levels at all. Statin drugs do help in the prevention of heart disease, but it's got nothing to do with their cholesterol-lowering effects. And the statin drug side effects far outweigh their benefits. Interestingly enough, the higher the cholesterol, the longer your life. Now, inquiring minds want to know how in light of this information, again, which I encourage you to drill down and saturate your brain with by reading those two books that I made reference to at the beginning of the uh, lecture. I encourage you to read those books. But inquiring minds want to know, with so much published literature to the contrary, 
how is it possible that statin drugs are still used as much as they are? Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Follow the money. When you understand that the Food and Drug Administration, Health Canada, and the European Medical Agency does not work for the citizens, it works for the pharmaceutical industry, when you understand that, everything becomes crystal clear. And again, the biggest reason why misinformation to such a large extent like this can exist is because we don't have a free medical market. If we had a free medical market, people would gravitate towards the therapeutics that actually worked. My colleagues and I fix heart disease all of the time. We fix heart disease all of the time. But most people don't even know how to pronounce naturopathy, let alone know what to do to fix it. And this is a problem. This is why education, um, like this webinar, is so very important. Well, then, inquiring minds want to know, look, if it's not cholesterol, well, what the heck is it? What is it that causes atherosclerosis? Well, the research has been done. Smoking contributes massively towards it. Uh, Buildup of a biochemical in the body called homocysteine causes it. Uh, deficiencies in the trace mineral copper causes it. Too much iron in the blood causes it. A weakening of a collagen matrix in the arteries causes it. Oxidized cholesterol causes it. And, of course, the biggest cause, Obama. I mean, isn't, isn't Obama the reason that everything bad happens? Isn't that what, what I've heard? <laughs> all right, all right. It's, Obama's got nothing to do with it. But these things do, in point of fact, contribute massively towards the genesis of crap building up inside your arteries, which begs the question, well, what are we going to do about it? If this stuff is building up inside of the body and we know why it's building up, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, my colleagues and I have been answering this question for 50 years. Here's what you do about it. Smoking. You give minerals and antioxidants. One of the biggest causes for people to crave anything, crave cigarettes, crave calories, crave sugar, crave sex, crave alcohol, crave anything, is because their bodies are minerally deficient. If your body is deficient in minerals, you start craving things. You crave tobacco, you get addicted to <clears throat> nicotine. It's a chemical addiction. It's not psychological. It's chemical. So what do we do? We attempt to get to the root cause of what the problem is. So we give minerals to help cut the cravings, encourage people to get on board with a nicotine patch, and stop hanging out with people who are smoking. Also consume massive amounts of antioxidants to negate the negative effects that the carcinogens and the free radicals in smoke have on the circulatory system. It's not rocket science. What about too much homocysteine? That's easy. B vitamins neutralize homocysteine. B vitamins, be like baby. Take a B vitamin supplement. Oh, but didn't my medical doctor tell me those vitamins only gave me expensive urine? Well, your, your medical doctor's an idiot. Oh, they just pass through the body. Well, so does alcohol. Does alcohol do nothing when it passes through the body? 
If any medical professional tells you that vitamins just give you expensive urine, you should report them to the Board of Medicine and have their license terminated. What do we do for copper deficiencies? Wait a minute, this is a tough one. Let me think. Let me think. What am I going to do? I know, I'll give copper. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do that with plant-derived colloidal copper because that's the best way to do it. I'm also going to give selenium because selenium and copper have an interesting relationship. Too much selenium, not enough copper. Too much copper, not enough selenium. It's like calcium and magnesium. There needs to be a balance. So we give trace mineral supplements of copper. Imagine that. What do we do for too much iron? You're never going to guess. Copper! What does the body need to transport iron the way that nature intended it? Copper! If you don't have copper, you're not going to be able to transport iron. It's going to build up. You need minerals. Again, it all comes back to minerals. What do you do for weak collagen? Weak collagen in the arteries? Well, that's caused by a copper deficiency. Imagine that. You can also give vitamin C, the herbal medicine Hawthorne, and amino acids. These are the things that the body needs to have strong collagen. Interestingly enough here, it's the same process in the artery, um, weak collagen in the artery, uh, which is caused by not enough vitamin C, which causes scurvy. It's the same process. It just happens in another part of the body. It doesn't happen in the artery. It happens in the skin with scurvy and uh, ligaments and tendons. What do we do for oxidized cholesterol? I know, let's give antioxidants. I think that's a good idea. And also stop eating food that pours free radicals into the body because free radicals cause oxidative damage. Free radicals cause cholesterol to become oxidized. Free radicals cause a lot of things to become oxidized. What foods are high in free radicals? Olive oil, Dr. Oz's favorite, and fried food. If you really want to be optimally healthy, you wouldn't even be downwind of fried food. That's how bad it is. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we've been convinced that healing is a complicated, sophisticated process that can only happen in multi-million dollar high-tech heart Emergency rooms. Cardiac care. Well, surgery is complicated. Healing is easy. Stop eating stuff that gums up the works. Give your body the nutrients it needs. And get the heck out of the way. Let the body fix itself. This is our fundamental message. Your body is endowed with a God-given intelligence. It's the God-given intelligence inside your body, the spirit, the soul, the vital force, call it what you will, that's running the show. Our bodies are so smart, they grew themselves all by themselves from a tiny single cell into us, and they're managing millions of biochemical processes right now outside of your conscious control. How is all that happening? Well, if the body's smart enough to grow itself and manage itself, you think the body's smart enough to heal itself? Naturopathic physicians say yes, and that's why longevity is so important. Because longevity is building a grassroots coalition of the informed. People all around the world 
who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of being played by bad science and, and played by lazy doctors, cowardly doctors who do not pay attention to the published literature. People are, have had it. And so what are we doing? We're growing a grassroots coalition of the informed people all around the world who are dealing with a chronic illness and want to know what they can do right now to get on the other side of it with science-based, clinically verified medical therapeutics. Nobody does that better than longevity. I've been practicing naturopathic medicine for 27 years, and the therapeutics, the nutritional supplements developed by longevity's founder, Dr. Joel Wallach, my mentor, colleague, and friend, work better than anything I've seen in 27 years. Why? Because his products are formulated on $25 million of federally funded research, which is in the Smithsonian Institute. This was a massive undertaking, and it is this old-fashioned, boots-on-the-ground, pragmatic, non-pharmaceutical centrist research, which literally rewrote the book on medical nutrition. Dr. Wallach is the world's leading expert on the relationship between medical nutrition and chronic or acute disease. Nobody has done more research than Dr. Wallach, and nobody has treated more patients than Dr. Wallach. You know, if, you're, if you've had it with the nonsense of the pharmaceutical industry, and you are finally ready, willing, and able for the first time in your life to give medical nutrition a try, then wouldn't it be best to learn from the expert? Well, in my opinion, you're a knucklehead if you don't give longevity a try. Because in over a quarter of a century of clinical work with real patients, with real disease, the nutritional supplements delivered by longevity <clears throat> Developed by Dr. Wallach, produce more consistent, better results than any other nutritional supplement, and I've seen a lot. Here's the basic understanding of our message, right? Remember, this is holistic medicine. Remember the distinction holism? Well, if this tank represents your body's nutrient needs, here's what you need to be healthy every day, 90 essential nutrients. We refer to these as 90 for life. Here's the breakdown, 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 essential fatty acids for a grand total of 90. That's what your body needs to get the job done. That's what your body needs to deal with life. Just like your automobile, what do you need? Six quarts of oil? How much transmission fluid? How much power steering fluid? Right? It's the same in the body. You need certain amounts of certain things. The only problem is these 90 essential nutrients are not all present in the food. They're not all there. Some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. So most people, knowing nothing about medical nutrition, just eating whatever they want, their nutritional tank is, if they're lucky, 50% full, if they're lucky. And then we walk down the road of life. We experience mental stress, physical stress, emotional stress, political stress, financial stress. The stress of aging, the stress of weather. Life is a great big bowl of stress. The stress burns through our nutrients. Now we're running on fumes and things start to break. 
Again, you don't get arthritis because you have a knee. You get arthritis because your body ran out of the stuff it needed to have a healthy knee. You don't get asthma because you have a lung. You get asthma because your lungs ran out of the stuff they needed to be healthy. You don't get clogged arteries because you have a heart. Because you have arteries. You get these things because your body has run out of the stuff it needs to keep itself healthy. It's that simple. It's that straightforward. So if you were my patient in my office and you had a definitive diagnosis of clogged arteries, here's what I would do to treat it. Per 100 pounds of body weight per month, here's what I would recommend. One healthy body start pack 2.0 liquid per 100 pounds of body weight per month. Two bottles of ultimate selenium per 100 pounds of body weight per month. The selenium has copper in it. Remember I talked about the relationship between selenium and copper. Well, this supplement has that dialed in. Do not take more than four bottles of selenium a month, no matter how much you weigh. Four bottles a month is the max for selenium. You dial that dose in by two bottles per 100 pounds per month. One bottle of plant-derived minerals per 100 pounds of body weight per month because remember the body's nutritional needs, 66% of the body's nutritional needs, two-thirds of the body's nutritional needs are minerals. HGH Youth Complex, this provides the amino acids that the arteries need in order to have healthy collagen. This provides the amino acids that the collagen in the arteries is made from. If I have weak collagen, wouldn't it be a good idea to give the body collagen raw materials? I think so. Eureka! And that's exactly what we do. OPCT. This is a supplement that I haven't spoken about for a long time, but this has proanthocyanidins in it. That's what the P stands for. And proanthocyanidins have been proven clinically to help the body get rid of plaque that's in the arteries. It's been proven to do it. And last but not least, de-stress. The de-stress, Longevity's de-stress, is the Longevity's B-complex, more or less. The de-stress is loaded with B vitamins, <clears throat> and we need B vitamins to have healthy homocysteine levels. If we don't have healthy homocysteine levels, the arteries will become friable. So this is what we do as foundation medical nutrition if you have clogged arteries. And the icing on the cake, the Good Herbs Heart Support. Good Herbs Heart Support, high in Hawthorne. And Hawthorne has also been directly related with eliminating plaque buildup in arteries. It's been proven to do it. It also lowers blood pressure, promotes arterial wall health. It's a good supplement to take if you're dealing with funky arteries. The recommendation here, no matter what your body weight, half a teaspoon three times a day, a half a teaspoon three times a day. I'll give it to you again. One healthy body start pack, 2.0 liquid, two ultimate selenium, one plant-derived minerals, one HGH Youth Complex, two ultimate OPCT, and one de-stress per 100 pounds of body weight per month, and four bottles of the Good Herbs Heart Support, 
the dose there, half a teaspoon, three times a day. If you do those things and stop eating food that's gumming up the works, stop eating food that's gumming up the works, you are going to live long and prosper. This is Fundamental Foundation Naturopathic Medicine 101. Nutrify the body, stop eating food that's gumming up the works, and give the body a chance to fix itself. Ladies and gentlemen, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. How are those statin drugs working for you? You know anybody taking a statin drug? You know anybody over 60 that's taking a statin drug? How's their mood? How's their memory? How's their sex drive? How's their uh, anger level? Virtually everybody that I know that's taking a statin drug that's over 60 years of old, 60 years of age, has problems with violent anger outbursts. 100%. No exception to the rule. Also linked to dementia and presumptively Alzheimer's. The only reason that nonsense like this persists is because we don't have a free medical marketplace, and I'm going a long way towards remedying that. I'm not going to try to persuade politicians to license naturopathic medicine in all 50 states. I'm not going to try to persuade insurance companies to pay for naturopathic medical services. I'm going to educate you right now today because we can't wait. Because I'm such an advocate of education, you know my drill. If you were invited to this webinar tonight, please go to my website and become a full-time Dr. Glidden advocate. It's $20 a month. It'll be the best $20 a month you have ever spent. Because as a Dr. Glidden advocate, I educate you, just like I did tonight about the simple steps that you can take to get on the other side of chronic health conditions with science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, ladies and gentlemen. The only reason that my profession exists in such a hostile political climate is because our therapeutics work. Now, we need to make a distinction here so my lawyers are happy. By the way, follow me on Facebook, follow me on YouTube. Go to my website, become a Dr. Glidden Advocate. Okay? Okay. You know, we've been inclined to think about diseases like they're a parrot sitting on your shoulder. Right? Oh, I have high blood pressure. I have arthritis. I have atherosclerosis. Right? I have asthma. We think that these things are separate and distinct, but they're not. These illnesses are intimately connected to who we are as human beings. And your heart disease might be a lot more advanced than your brother's heart disease, your neighbor's heart disease. It might be a lot less extreme. Everybody experiences illness to different degrees and different levels. So... To talk about a cure for arthritis, a cure for asthma, a cure for heart disease is inappropriate. I mean, I could make the argument that those diseases don't really exist because we think of them like it's a separate thing, like a parrot on my shoulder and I just have to shoot the parrot off. It's not like that. 
So, <clears throat> I don't know how much your heart condition is going to be able to yield to science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition. I've seen it yield 100%. But I don't know how bad yours is. Maybe you can get 80% improvement, 50% improvement, 40% improvement. Maybe you can get 100%. I don't know. But the basic message here is you don't have heart disease because you have a heart. So what are we going to do? We're going to support the body's built-in ability to fix itself. We're going to keep our fingers crossed, and we're going to see how far back we bounce. And inside of this conversation, remember, everything's connected. So while you're waiting for the echocardiogram to improve, while you're waiting for the angiogram to improve, while you're waiting for the blood work to improve, look to see what happens to your mood, your energy, your sleep, your appetite, your weight, your sex drive, your memory, right? What happens to you while you're following our advice? The devil here, or the angel here, is in the details. Pay attention to how your body responds, because remember, we're treating you, not specifically the heart disease. It's all intimately connected. Um, I appreciate your time and your trust very much. I am your steadfast advocate for health, Dr. Peter Glidden. Thanks for your time. Thanks for tuning in and turning on. Thank you for your support. We are all in this together. I'll see you around campus. Until then, live long and prosper. Dr. Glidden, over and out. Well, hopefully that uh, shed some light on things for folks. Dr. Glidden has a great way of... Uh, being able to explain things and easy to understand common English. He doesn't talk, you know, like the typical doctor who's trying to confuse people and make himself sound so brilliant and all that good stuff. He basically just puts the information out there in an easy to understand way and hope that in the hopes that people will learn something and uh, take action to take care of their own health. And, um, that's why he does what he does, and he's so good at it. Now, I had my uh, website up here. There it is. You know, Ufi Ravenskov, uh, the guy he's mentioned a couple of times throughout the video, has a really good website, which is linked on my, uh, if you go to my website, yourdiyhealth.com, click on the drop-down menu that's the do you know uh, question mark, uh, it's right under the L and T in the uh, graphic. If you click on that, scroll all the way to the bottom. It's the last one, uh, statins and cholesterol. Um, and at the bottom of the page, or halfway down the page, it starts. It's information uh, that I copied directly from uh, Ravenskoff's website, but below is excellent information. Um, and if you click on the His Website button, it'll take you right to his site where he's got all this information there but cholesterol is not a deadly poison but a substance vital to the cells of all mammals there is no such thing as oh i just noticed i have uh, i got to do some 
correcting here. It says no, there is. Are, oh, I guess I didn't, didn't. There's no such thing as good and bad cholesterol, but mental stress, physical activity, and change of body weight may influence the level of blood cholesterol. A high cholesterol is not dangerous by itself, but may reflect an unhealthy condition, or it may be totally innocent. Yeah, if you have blood sugar problems, it could cause your cholesterol to spike, uh, which means not that there's a cholesterol problem. It's just like the red warning light on the dash of your car. It's letting you know that something else is wrong and you need to do some checking. And if you get your blood uh, sugar under control, the cholesterol will go back to normal. But the thing is, there's nothing wrong about uh, high cholesterol in general. You know, the fact that your blood sugar goes up and it causes your blood cholesterol to spike, the cholesterol is not going to be a problem. It's not going to hurt you. It's just letting you know that there's a blood sugar issue or some other thing. Number two, high blood uh, cholesterol is said to promote arthrosclerosis and thus also coronary heart disease, which is baloney. But many studies have shown that people whose blood cholesterol is low become just as arthrosclerotic as people whose cholesterol is high. In other words, cholesterol has no effect on it. It's other things going on. Your body produces three to four times more cholesterol than you eat. The production of cholesterol increases when you eat little cholesterol, and it decreases when you eat more. This explains why the prudent diet cannot lower cholesterol more than an average of a few percent. Yeah. And that's because your body has wisdom. It's going to make sure that you have the cholesterol you need. It's going to produce it if you're eating low, and it's going to back off if you're eating plenty. So there you have it. But you really can't affect it all that much. Uh, There's no evidence that too much animal fat and cholesterol in the diet promotes atherosclerosis or heart attacks. For instance, more than 20 studies have shown that people who have had a heart attack haven't eaten more fat of any kind than other people. The degree of atherosclerosis at autopsy is unrelated with the diet. (laughs) The only effective way to lower cholesterol is with drugs. But neither heart mortality nor total mortality have been improved with the drugs. Yeah, I mean, statin drugs are still one of the most widely taken drugs on the planet. And we've been doing it since, well, it's 1980, so it's, what, 43, 44 years now that they've been on the market? And guess what? No change. (laughs) You know, the cholesterol levels haven't really changed much, and neither have the so-called deaths from the things they attribute cholesterol to. Imagine that. As a matter of fact, most of those things have gotten worse. Woo! Something just fell off my shelf and came down and landed on (laughs) I don't know where that thing was. Anyway, so don't worry about it. Uh, New cholesterol-lowering drugs, the statins, do prevent cardiovascular disease, but this is due to other mechanisms than cholesterol-lowering. Unfortunately, they also stimulate cancer in rodents, (laughs) which means it probably does in people too, disturb the functions of, of the muscles, the heart, and the brain, and pregnant women taking statins may give birth to children with malformations more severe than those seen after thalidomide and those were some pretty nasty you know you had arms growing out of the side of their heads and things like that so if you're pregnant don't be taking statins many of these facts have been uh, presented in scientific journals and books for decades but are rarely told to the public by the proponents of the heart attack idea or diet heart idea
Yeah. Because if people knew the truth, they probably wouldn't go along with what these idiots are pushing on them. Imagine that. The reason why laymen, doctors, and and most scientists have been misled is because opposing and disagreeing results are systematically ignored or misquoted in the scientific press. Benefits of high cholesterol. Hmm. Just for the fun of it. People with high cholesterol live the longest. (laughs) That's myth number nine. Um, This statement seems so incredible that it takes a a long time to clear one's brainwashed mind to fully understand its importance. Yet the fact that people with high cholesterol live the longest emerges clearly from many scientific papers. But let us take a look at heart mortality and uh, the risk of dying from a heart attack if cholesterol is high. Consider, for instance, the finding of Dr. Harlan Krumholtz of the Department of uh, Cardiovascular Medicine at Yale University, who reported that old people with low cholesterol died twice as often from a heart attack as did old people with high cholesterol. Supporters of the cholesterol campaign consistently ignore his observation or consider it as a rare exception. The result of chance among a huge number of studies finding the opposite. Hmm. But uh, But if it is not an exception, there are now a large number of findings that contradict the lipid hypothesis. To be more specific, almost all studies of old people have shown that high cholesterol is not a risk factor for coronary heart disease. This was uh, the result of my search in the media or medicine database for studies addressing that question. Eleven studies of old people came up with the, with that result, and the further uh, and a further seven found that high cholesterol did not predict all cause mortality either. And more such studies have been published since then. So there's there's all kinds of information out there showing that uh, cholesterol is not a problem. And uh, I've got a little couple of recordings here of Dr. Wallach discussing cholesterol and heart disease and cholesterol and Alzheimer's. So I'm going to play these for you real quick. Raise your hand. Have you ever heard that cholesterol is bad? And you got to get it low in your blood. you got to have low cholesterol diet. Otherwise, you're going to get heart disease, right? Doctors would like to blame all cardiovascular disease on cholesterol. We've known for 75 years in the animal industry that cholesterol is not a boogeyman. There's not a single disease that's caused by elevated blood cholesterol or triglycerides. You can find me one. I'll give you a million dollars in small bills in any offshore account you want. There's not a single disease that's caused by elevated blood cholesterol or triglycerides. Elevated blood cholesterol and triglycerides are really just a warning signal, much like a fever. Fevers don't cause infections. But when you have an infection with a bacteria, a virus, a fungus, maybe a parasite... You can get a fever. You can have a broken leg and get a fever. You can have cancer and get a fever. You can have liver disease and get a fever. Babies get a fever when they teeth. And so you have to kind of sort it out. When somebody comes into a doctor's office with a fever, you have to say, well, okay, here's my whole list called a differential diagnosis, all the things that cause fever. If they're 80 years old, you can quickly rule out teething, right? <laughs> but the rest of them, you may have to do some lab tests for them. At any rate, the same thing is true for elevated blood cholesterol and triglycerides. When you have elevated blood cholesterol and triglycerides, it might mean that you have hypothyroidism or low-functioning thyroid gland. You could have diabetes. You could have uh, deficiencies of niacin, chromium, vanadium, the essential fatty acids. You could have liver disease. All kinds of reasons why you might have elevated blood cholesterol and triglycerides, but they themselves don't cause any problems. Now, the Eskimos above the Arctic Circle have a traditional diet 
is 98% red meat and blubber. Uh, they eat whale meat, whale blubber, uh, walrus meat, walrus blubber, seal meat, seal blubber, bear meat, bear fat. There's not a single Eskimo above the Arctic Circle that has a Mr. Juice Man juicer eats organically grown broccoli. <laughs> their uh, average uh, cholesterol ranges from 250 to 350, and yet they're legendary for not getting cardiovascular disease until they come down to the lower 48 and eat like us. Then when they get the cardiovascular disease, they go back home to die up above the Arctic Circle. They start eating whale blubber again and it goes away. Well, learning all that, I felt very confident in telling my patients, look, we're going to do something different. My goal as a physician is to have my patients die at an average age of 100. I don't want my patients dying at 75.5. I want to give them another 25 years. I want the average lifespan for my patients to be 100. And uh, we're going to do something different. If you want to do everything that all the other doctors and patients are doing, I want you to go to them because I don't want you to lower my average, right? We're going to do something different. It's just real simple. Okay, and now here's one on cholesterol and Alzheimer's. Yes, my question is on Alzheimer's. Why is it more prevalent today than it was 15, 20 years ago? Well, actually, Alzheimer's disease was a disease that did not exist 40 years ago. Uh, Alzheimer's disease, even by another name, could not be found in any medical dictionary or textbook or taught in any medical curriculum. It only became an entity in the medical literature in 1979. And today, it's apparently the number four killer of adults in the United States over the age of 65 behind cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, and then comes Alzheimer's disease. And it appears uh, to me with no doubt that it's due to what I call a physician-caused disease because doctors have, have encouraged people, in fact, demanded that people uh, give up saturated fat and cholesterol and move towards a cholesterol-restricted or even a cholesterol-free diet to get their blood cholesterol down below 200. And they have created no less than... 25 of these cholesterol deficiency diseases, and to me, Alzheimer's disease is one of the big ones. 75% of our brain weight is pure cholesterol. It's called myelin. It's this fatty stuff that insulates each nerve fiber of the brain and spinal cord. And we can only make about 10% of our daily need of cholesterol. The other 90% must come from the diet. And if a person is very, very good at giving up chicken skin and red meat and dairy and eggs like a doctor would have them do, after about six or eight or ten years, they're not going to be able to keep up with the maintenance and repair needs of the cholesterol for the myelin in the brain and spinal cord. And so you can just expect that the person's going to develop one or more of these 25 physician-caused diseases, including acquired seizure disorders and Alzheimer's disease. Now, the best way to avoid Alzheimer's disease is to eat a couple of eggs every morning for breakfast, not cooked in margarine or fried. Uh, you want to consume as much as 72 ounces of red meat every month. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's just a quarter pounder a day. And uh, you want to supplement with all 90 essential nutrients. And when you get to the, the vitamin E level, you want to have at least 2,000 international units of vitamin E. And you want 500 micrograms of selenium. And if you do that, even if you already have Alzheimer's disease, you can expect to have a significant amount of return of memory. Great study done by the University of California, San Diego, and the Salk Institute it says by taking 2,000 international units of vitamin E alone, even if you have advanced Alzheimer's disease, you can get a significant amount of, of memory return. Not bad. So there's the guy who has been telling the truth about cholesterol since they've been lying about cholesterol. Back in the 70s, when they first started demonizing cholesterol, he was publishing papers around the world saying, no, 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 cholesterol is not a problem. If you cut out cholesterol, you're going to have problems. And uh, he's been vindicated. You know, again, you know, that's the thing. When all the allopathic idiots out there 
are just following the lead of the drug companies and demonizing things like, uh, you know, animal fats. Oh, don't eat animal fat. Don't eat your chicken skin. Don't eat beef. Don't eat, uh, don't eat any animal fats. You need to switch over and do these plant-based fats. And what happened when that started? People started developing heart disease. That's where heart disease really came from was when people started using the liquid plant oils and the uh, uh, hydrogenated oils like um, Crisco and stuff like that, which was originally developed as a German U-boat uh, diesel engine uh, lubricant. Um, that's when heart disease came into this country and really skyrocketed. And he was always saying, nope, it's not the plant oils. You want to be eating the animal fats. And one of the best things I've seen to eliminate so many different health issues is the carnivore diet. And um, primarily because you're cutting out probably 90% of the stuff that causes most people to have these chronic health issues. Now, granted, it's a lack of the nutrients, the 90 essential nutrients, which unfortunately even proponents of the carnivore diet say you don't have to take. And that's the one thing that they get drastically wrong you cannot i don't care what dietary program you're doing it is impossible to get the nutrients you need from just the food you're eating you cannot do it and that's a i get a kick out of watching these youtube videos of different people that you know they say oh yeah I, I don't take supplements at all i don't need that stuff i can get everything i eat from my food and then they start talking about issues they have well i had this problem so one person had uh uh, sensitive breasts so they ended up taking um, uh, iodine for that or yeah i think it was iodine and within a few days it, the problem went away gee you know iodine is one of the 60 essential minerals <laughs> if you'd have been taking those things in the first place you never would have developed a sensitive breast in the first place imagine that and they talk out of one side of mouth saying they don't need this stuff but then they talk about other issues they were having that they solved by taking a specific nutrient Instead of saying, okay, well, you know, why don't I do the smart thing? I'll give myself any, all 90 nutrients in, in designated and, you know, already known amounts because the, the, the products from Longevity, I mean, it can tell you what's in there. So you know you're getting it. And then if you happen to get a little extra from the food you eat, <laughs> that's just icing on the cake. But to be so foolish as to think you can get everything from eating the food you're getting, you're eating and uh, counting on that to give you all the nutrients. Number one, the only way to know that, to make sure that that statement is true, is to analyze the stuff before you eat it. And once you analyze it, guess what? You're not going to want to eat it. You're not going to be able to eat it. And just going out and grabbing the same kind of thing again, that doesn't mean just because this piece of meat had it all in it, that doesn't mean that the next piece of meat's going to have it. That's the insanity of the of the, making the statement that you can get what you need from eating your food. It's there's just no way. A number one, you can't prove it. Number two, I would just as soon have a, have expensive urine by taking a little bit more and making sure I was getting what I needed than to place my my entire life basically in the hands of somebody making a, a foolish, unverifiable statement. That just, you know, to me, that doesn't make sense at all. So um, people need to be smart. You know, every single person out there on the Internet has their own little thing they're talking, myself included. <laughs> you know, don't believe what I'm saying. Verify it. 
You know, that's the one thing Ronald Reagan said that was smart. Trust, but verify. <laughs> you know, the thing is, people need to do a little research and apply a little common sense. That's one of the biggest problems we have in this day and age is common sense ain't very common anymore. You know, back in the day, if somebody said you could get everything you need from eating your food groups, you know, they would say, okay, how do we prove that? How do you know that everything is in there? Unless you analyze every single bite of food. And if you analyze it, then you're not going to be able to eat it because it won't be left. <laughs> There's nothing left there. So just not very smart to make that kind of a statement. And then to turn right around and talk about issues you're having that you solve by taking fractionated nutrition. Well, I took, I took zinc for this. I took uh, iodine for that. I took iron for this. Why don't you just take all 90 nutrients that you need in the first place in a form that's absorbable and that you know how much is in there? And then at that point, again, whatever you get from your food is just icing on the cake. It's just a little extra. And the thing is, is you're not going to overdose. Despite what idiot doctors tell you, oh, yeah, that stuff's bad. You could overdose on that stuff. No one has ever overdosed on nutrients, on supplements. People overdose all the time on the drugs that the MDs push. But nobody's ever overdosed, to my knowledge, on supplements. So, number one, again, <laughs> err on the side of caution. If the MDs are saying it, do the exact opposite, and you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. So anyway, just uh, thought that uh, we'd hit statins and cholesterol today just because it's something that uh, most people are concerned about because their doctors tell them they should be. And uh, really, there's no reason to be concerned. You know, the concern should be if you're not getting enough cholesterol, not that you're getting too much. Also, I want to make an update during the video as I updated my website couple of things they've got a special going on right now uh anybody who buys a um i tear or excuse me an only life p90 in the next two weeks and that number is you know i just got a text message last night from my upline who said they just said the next two weeks i've asked for specific dates i'm just saying by the 30th because that's two weeks roughly but there's a little thing called an m-r-e-t um it looks like a pitcher that you put water in it's molecular quantum resonator and basically um it's molecular quantum resonator uh, represents a groundbreaking device that harnesses non-contact molecular low frequency resonance to activate various types of edible liquids like water it's exceptional approach operating without additives and without direct contact unlocks the potential of water at a low frequency Though the application of quantum low-frequency resonance pr um, principles uh, are through that, excuse me, this product induces a transformative change in the structural links of water molecules, leading to improved internal conditions within the human body. By directly replenishing water at the cellular level, it optimizes the cellular environment. Enhanced cellular activity, reduced blood viscosity, efficient elimination of waste and toxins, and comprehensive cell repair 
mechanisms are synergistically, all synergistically contribute to the overall well-being and vitality of the individual. As the cells receive the vital nutrients they need, the body experiences a surge in energy levels and a revitalized state of being. The MRET molecular quantum resonator serves as a potent catalyst for optimal health, promoting a balanced and dynamic life through its innovative and transformative effects on water activation. So basically, this pitcher that does these things, it helps with blood circulation, nutrient absorption, it's uh, antioxidant and detoxification. Anybody who buys a P90 in the next two weeks will get one of these free. And I'm told that it is about a $1,000 value. Um, I don't have any more information on this thing at the time, but it sounds really cool. And I'm kind of bummed that they didn't have this as a uh, deal when I got mine. (laughs) And I'm hoping they will be available, uh, for purchase straight out in the future because it sounds like a really cool thing. Basically, it appears to be a pitcher that you put water in and through this molecular quantum resonator technology, it activates that water so then when you drink it it goes it's more absorbed into your cells and it helps with all those different things so uh, anyone who buys a p90 within the next two weeks will get one of these free of charge as a promotion or a gift or however you want to put it so just wanted to mention that pretty cool deal again if i had the money i'd buy another one <laughs> oh boy but um Anyway, that's uh, something that's going on. I did update the website, put another picture of the uh, Cell Essentials wand. And that's another thing. The, uh, our upline has been able to um, negotiate a better shipping rate on the wands, so the prices come down. They were uh, $730, I believe, and now they're $695. So uh, saved a little bit of money there because of... Uh, Folks up here are working to help make it more available. And um, one of the pictures I put in here shows the wand on the included oscillating stand, which normally, if you bought one of these separate, would cost you about $200. So you get that free stand along with the wand itself, and that is a heck of a deal. So I encourage you to check that out. If you have any questions, hit the Contact Me button, and we will proceed accordingly. All righty then, let's see here what kind of time we got about 25 minutes left. Boeing goes woke and will soon be broke as planes break amid focus on diversity. <laughs> and Boeing, their, their uh, 737 MAX was having some problems here a few weeks back. Uh, one of them was flying and basically uh, part one of the windows just popped out or something. It had some kind of a problem that resulted in a massive decompression. And uh, I guess it it managed to land safely, but just the same um, dangerous. And, of course, uh, here's another one. After shooting Ashley Babbitt, Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd lied on radio claiming he was fired at first. The only gunshot fired at the Capitol that day, to my knowledge, and that I've heard anywhere, was his shot that killed Ashley Babbitt. And she was climbing through a window, which is not justification for killing her. She was totally unarmed and had uh, 
the only people that were armed there were military and law enforcement. So anyway, uh, just more crap from January 6th. Arctic blast was engineered to cause maximum damage to farms, roads, and infrastructure and interruptions to society. Ooh. Just for the fun of it, let's see what they're saying there. According to the Weather Channel, a blast of Arctic cold is set to deliver record-setting frigid air to much of the country, including the Deep South this week. Dangerously cold wind chills are also expected, especially in the northern plains and Rockies. Yeah, I got to say, it was 8 degrees this morning when I went out to feed the horses, and I actually put on a um, flannel shirt. <laughs> Normally, I'm out there in my T-shirt, but I actually I did put on a... Uh, flannel shirt and i buttoned it up halfway um and i was plenty warm but anyway um the report also said that the generally colder pattern uh, could hang on until the last full week of january or even longer it's funny i was looking at my weather app it's right now it's 11 degrees where i'm at and um here let's see the long range forecast Next Thursday, it's supposed to be 60 degrees here. So the temperatures, from what I'm seeing, are slowly climbing. Um, tomorrow's going to be 23, Thursday 26. Going to drop again over the weekend. Monday 35, Tuesday 39, Wednesday 44, Thursday 60. So uh, who knows? But, yeah, every once in a while we get something cold. I just wish, it, you know, every year I hope that it goes to 20 degrees in October and stays that way till May. That way my backyard would be frozen and the dogs could go out and play all they want and not come in all muddy. <laughs> and it would, uh, overall, I would enjoy it. Anyway, the geoengineering expert Dane Wigington and Brighton founder Mike Adams, the cold weather is already known to the public to be manipulated. The technology exists, and it is, all, uh, is already in the U.S. Patent Office. They put labels on these engineered storms, like calling it an Arctic blast straight out of the record-warm Gulf of Mexico, Wigington said in a recent Health Ranger Report episode, explaining how weather terrorism is being committed. They pushed this moisture, manipulated up the, the, the eastern seaboard, wrapped it around a, a clockwise, um, counterclockwise spinning low-pressure zone, and chemically nucleated it uh, with enti uh, the entire way. As you get further along in the process, you have the ice storm transition zone between the warm flow of the Gulf of Mexico's moisture and eventually what ends up being various forms of frozen material falling from the sky which are chemically nucleated. The frozen material is falling even uh, in ever higher temperatures above freezing. And again, that's a, just a side thing there. That's why you never want to go outside and eat snow. Or if you gather rainwater, don't think you can just drink it straight. You need to run rainwater through a filter anymore because of the crap that they're spraying and stuff. Just a side, side note. According to him, weather agencies are going to get great lengths to explain the phenomenon as they routinely show snow starting at 38 degrees, sometimes 40 or above. He added that if the climate manipulators continue the chemical ice nucleating cloud seeding operations, the surface temperatures will drop. 
something precipitously or sometimes precipitously depending on how much of the of this they apply and how long they apply it for this will give them the ability to induce all the hazards on the ground that come with extra ice and extra snow the two also discussed how the manipulated cold weather is about to hit the breakfast breadbasket of america it's kansas oklahoma nebraska and other parts of colorado and parts of colorado uh, the food production in this area is massive. This is what feeds much of the United States, Adams pointed out, in terms of wheat, corn, barley, and all these things that are grown in the Midwest and the upper Midwest. There are devastating temperatures here now. Wigginton also mentioned that the soils are so radically compromised that they're nearly sterile. And that turns soil into dirt. You don't grow things in dirt. You have to have soil which has bacterial life in it. And when they've sterilized it with all the chemicals they spray on everything, pretty soon you end up with stuff that just won't grow anything. When you kill the soil microbiome, you turn what was soil into dirt. (laughs) Just got carried away there. Uh, These types of flash freezes are being used to crush crops all over the globe. He revealed, he also exposed that the globalists are spraying defoliants that cause leaves to drop off prematurely. There are also various toxic elements such as aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, and polymer fibers in the air, as well as microplastic particles in bottles of so-called clear drinking water. (laughs) Farms are also being targeted, according to Wigington and Adams. Farmers in Germany are erupting right now. Uh, with mass protests because the government is taking away the diesel fuel subsidies that made them competitive with other European nations, Adam cited. The health ranger further set set self-proclaimed vaccine czar Bill Gates as an example as he is rolling out aerosolized vaccines. They're spraying all kinds of things in the air right now, like malathion, uh, which is a uh, bug killer, he also referred, uh, he said, referring to the man-made organophosphate insecticide that is commonly used to control mosquitoes and other insects. These uh, attacks on the climate have also dis- uh, caused disruptions on roads as many traffic accidents occur due to slippery, re- uh, snowy roads. They did lab testing and proved again and again that, that there are surfactants in the snow, Wigginton revealed. For those who don't know what that is, it's what makes soap soapy. It changes the molecular tension of water molecules, he elaborated, so you end up with what is in essence essence, a so-soaked soap, or snow, excuse me. (laughs) And I'm putting this in the chat room for anybody who's interested. Um, Man, I keep doing that. Make this bigger and set it off to the side. Okay. Uh, let's see, there's no turning back the damage to climate engineering. Elsewhere in the snow, Adams brought up, uh, in the show, Adams brought up mainstream media's role in spreading the word and making people aware that we should panic as we are not, um, as we may not survive the coming decade. Oh yeah, everything's always got to keep people scared. As per Wigington, people must understand that it is an exp- uh, exponential equation. It is unimaginably nonlinear. Uh, that's what people need to understand to realize that and accept that they can't look backward on, at a graph and uh, 
at how long it took us to get to this dark place and think that we have an equal amount of time moving forward because we don't, he warned. This is an equation that is accelerating wildly, and climate engineering is further fueling that process to an unimaginable degree. He also pointed out that we are already way worse than bad because we've already been doing this for over 75 years. We're not just entering the sixth great mass extinction, we are neck deep in it, which is exponentially worse than any previous known mass extinction in Earth's long history. The author also mentioned his website, uh, geoengineeringwatch.org, where they try to make, uh, provide tools to help start the conversation on this issue, as well as merchandise and printed materials to start spot fires, to, to start spot fires of awareness and, and merge fires into a blaze that can't be extinguished. Check out weathercontrol.news for more stories related to globalist weather manipulation push. And they've got a video here, but I'm sure it's way longer than we have time for. So, like I said, it's in the chat room. People can take a look at it. Let's see. U.S. and U.K. warplanes bomb Houthi targets in Yemen in another significant escalation of the Gaza war. Good grief. Uh, We're just looking at some of the other stuff going on. Emerald and da- versus Davis case could overturn Supreme Court's same-sex marriage ruling. Ew. Let's see what that has to say. The legal case against a former Kentucky County clerk who refused to sign the marriage licenses of same-sex couples in 2015 due to her religious belief that marriage is between a man and a woman may overturn a Supreme Court case decision legalizing gay marriage nationwide. In 2015, Kim Davis, a devout Christian, cited religious grounds as justification for her refusal to sign the marriage license of David Ermold and David Moore. Despite a prior Supreme Court ruling, Obergfell v. Hodges, declaring the same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. There's no such thing as a constitutional right. That just shows you how stupid nine clowns in black gowns can be. This led to the current case against her, uh, Ermold versus Davis. The September 2023, in September 2023, after years of legal proceedings, a jury in the District Court of Eastern Kentucky awarded 50,000 damages to each plaintiff. In addition, Judge David Bunning granted the couple an extra 260,000 to cover attorney's fees and other expenses. According to Matt Staver, the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, a conservative Christian legal foundation representative representing Davis, the case has a has the potential to challenge Ober, Obergfeld versus Hodges. Liberty Council argues that the damages awarded were based on insufficient evidence, violating the federal rules of civil procedure. Then they switched over to. Uh, Let's see, then they switched over to they had hurt feelings. Hmm. And they did not present any evidence of that. You can't get damages based on hurt feelings without showing some evidence, corroborating evidence, medical evidence, and psychological evidence. They presented nothing, Staver said. As a response, the Liberty Council is set to formally request that Bunning reverse the jury's verdict. 
should this motion be denied, the legal foundation plans to escalate the matter to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals and, if necessary, onward to the Supreme Court. Liberty Council contends that prior Sixth Circuit decisions emphasize the need for documented evidence of harm rather than mere testimony, uh, testimony regarding emotional distress. The foundation aims to present a case not uh, just against the damages awarded, but to argue for a broader issue of religious liberty. This case has the potential to expand or extend to the same, the same religious freedom protections beyond Kentucky and to overturn Obergfeld versus Hodges, uh, which was strongly decided or wrongly decided and should be overturned, Staver said. Biden gave federal protections to same-sex marriage when he signed the Respect for Marriage Act in 2022. In December 2022, I won't say President Joe Biden made it more difficult to overturn same-sex marriage when he signed the Respect for Marriage Act, which extends federal protections to same-sex marriages. Another unconstitutional deal. The RFMA uh, mandates that states honor the validity of outer state marriage licenses, including those for same-sex and interracial unions, and repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which previously defined marriage as between a man and a woman. The legislation received bipartisan support in Congress, with 39 Republicans joining the then-Democratic majority in the House of Representatives. In the Senate, the bill passed with a filibuster-proof majority of 61 to 36. Everyone should have the right to answer those questions for themselves without government interference. America takes a vital step toward equality for liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone, said Biden during the signing ceremony. And then he went out and pooped his pants. Oh, goodness. All right, let's see how long this video is. It's only two minutes. Cool. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Washington and President Biden set to sign an historic bill on marriage equality that protects the rights of same-sex couples under federal law. The measure passed with bipartisan support. Chief White House Correspondent Cecilia Vega has more. Good morning, Cecilia. Hey, Michael, good morning to you. This is a major win for this White House and, frankly, for anyone who feared that the Supreme Court could overturn uh, same-sex marriage protections after it overturned Roe v. Wade. So let me tell you what this law does. It requires states to honor all marriages regardless of sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. It has protections for religious liberty and does not require states to issue same-sex marriage licenses. But even if the Supreme Court decides to revisit same-sex marriage, this move today protects it. The bill, as you said, did have bipartisan support, but a majority of Republicans 
Republicans voted against it, some calling the bill, frankly, unnecessary and raising doubts about whether the Supreme Court would ever really overturn same-sex marriage. Among those who will be here for this signing today, survivors of the shootings from the Pulse nightclub, from Club Q in Colorado. But, Michael, so much of this today is about President Biden's legacy. You'll remember 10 years ago uh, when he was vice president, he publicly declared his support for same-sex marriage. Today he is cementing it into law. Short and sweet, but wrong. (laughs) And again, this is just one more reason why we should go back to the Articles of Confederation. Um, I believe it was was either Article 2 or Article 13 basically confirmed or affirmed that the uh, states maintain their individual rights and sovereignty and... um, basically this garbage of you know passing legislation that requires states to do this and do that would um, not be an issue because they you know clearly they don't have that authority and uh, i am just trying to find my copy of there we go yeah Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union. Article 2, each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated to the United States and Congress assembled. That one word, expressly, makes a huge, huge, huge difference because that means it has to be listed as an authority that the government is given or they don't have it. None of this, well, they have implied authority because of this and that. No. Unless they specifically list it, it retains with the states and the people. And, again, that's one of the reasons they had to get rid of it. The criminals that formed our Constitution knew that they could never do what they wanted to do, which was rape, burn, and pillage the people of the United States uh, if the Articles of Confederation were allowed to stand. So there you have it. Um, the other one was is term limits were built right in. You know, you did not have the ability to run forever um, and that kind of junk. You basically could only have uh, like three out of six years you could serve, and otherwise you were back home. So that uh, made a big, big difference too. But anyway... Um, just thought I would throw that in for the folks that aren't familiar with the Articles of Confederation. And nobody's saying it was perfect, but it was better than what we ended up with from the people's rights standpoint. So anyway, you can find more about that on Thursdays in the afternoon with Mike Gaddy, because we cover that kind of stuff on a regular basis. Texas takes control of park in Eagle Pass along with U.S.-Mexico border to halt endless flow of migrants. That should be interesting. Sounds like uh, what's-his-chops, um, uh, the governor of Texas, I can name, what is it, Greg Allen? It's Greg something, anyway. Um, sounds like he might be growing a pair. Texas is taking control of a park in Eagle Pass due to its strategic location near the Rio Grande following a massive spike in illegal crossings in December. 
Eagle Pass Mayor Ronaldo Salinas, a Democrat, said officials from the Texas Department of Public Safety informed him on Wednesday, January 10th, that state authorities have taken full control of Shelby Park as part of an operation to combat unprecedented illegal border crossings. In a video uh, live-streamed to his official Facebook account, Salinas noted that the city government had not made any kind of formal request to, for the state to take control of Shelby Park. This is not something that we wanted, he said. This is not something that we asked for as a city. I want to make that clear. So a typical Democrat. Let's just keep those illegals flowing in here. In a statement, Governor Greg Abbott, that's him, um, indicated that the measure is a means of strengthening the state's different uh, deterrence against migrants making their way to the border from Mexico. As caravans of migrants are moving through Mexico toward the U.S. border, we are making clear that Texas will be a tough place to cross, said Abbott. Shelby Park lies on the, at the western edge of Eagle Pass facing the Rio Grande. It is, known, is a known staging area for Border Patrol, Texas National Guard, and DPS agents. In recent weeks, Border Patrol has been using the park to hold immigrants in an outdoor staging area before they are transported for further processing. What they ought to be doing is just turning them around and shoving them back across the river. After seizing control of Shelby Park, Abbott deployed Texas National Guard units and vehicles to the area and erected fences blocking public access to the park. In one video circulating on social media, at least two National Guard vehicles can be seen standing guard between the newly erected gate and are blocking Border Patrol agents from entering the park. It's pretty bad when the states have to fight the U.S. government to do what the government should be doing on its own, which is sealing our borders. White House brings Shelby Park incident before the Supreme Court. Of course they do. On Thursday, January 11th, the Department of Justice filed a complaint before the Supreme Court citing the state government of Texas for preventing Border Patrol agents from accessing a 2.5-mile stretch of southern border found in Shelby Park. The Justice Department is asking for the Supreme Court to weigh in on emergency request from the White House seeking permission for the Border Patrol to remove all fencing and razor wire installed by the state of Texas in Shelby Park and along a 29-mile stretch of border with Mexico in the area. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. If those schmucks, uh, the nine clowns and black clowns, uh, rule in favor of Biden, we have a good idea where things are going. Don't don't be talking to me about some conservative court. (laughs) Uh, Administration is arguing that the states do not have the authority to prevent federal officials from carrying out their duties. I would argue that they do when the federal government refuses to do what they're required to do, which is seal the borders, protect the borders. You know, we have every right to protect our own land. This is a a military invasion. And anyway, and that federal and not state officials have uh, primary responsibility for immigration policy and enforcement along the border. Well, when you start to take that responsibility seriously, we'll give it back to you. But until then, we're going to manage things ourselves, is what they ought to be telling them. Texas's new actions demonstrate an escalation of the state's measures to block Border Patrol's ability to patrol or even uh, to surveil 
the uh, border and uh, be in a position to respond to emergency, said the Justice Department. You're right. Anyway, so that's pretty much it. We're pretty much out of time for today. I hope you found uh, somewhat educational and informative. And uh, we'll be back in one hour on the same platform with more Your DIY Health. So uh, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And uh, like I said, we'll be back in an hour. And if not, we'll be back Thursday morning, same bat time, same bat channel. And again, take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.